Hello and welcome back to part two of this football podcast. Josh Brimmick and Wild here, joined with Connor Winks and our special guest today, Kit Simons. Tell us a little bit about working with Gareth Bale. Yeah, he's um, obviously a fantastic player, great, great ability, but was really good for the group as well. You know, he's um, obviously he's playing with with his mates, really, yeah, yeah. A, a group of lads that he's grown up with. Um, notice a sort of there's a slight shift in in his uh, in his sort of like mentality almost so um, sort of before the Euros he's always was always with Wales obviously a great player in the team but he sort of shifted it a little bit just became a great player for the team and everything he did he became you know a lot of a lot of the top players have you know individual traits and it can be a little bit selfish at times you know that's what makes them sort of great players. But with Wales, he sort of like that sort of shifted and everything he did was for the team, completely for the team. And it was sort of like a slight shift, but noticeable, you know, and it actually made him even better for Wales. And like him individually, personally, he scored more goals and had more assists by working harder for the team. You know, and it, just, it just worked for him. I don't know quite how it came about or whatever, but... Um, He's, he was obviously brilliant for Wales. I mean, has has been incredible. I mean, the, the qualification for the Euros and, and during the tournament is sensational. With, with that mentality shift, do you think that there might have been anything that, that either yourself or Chris Colvin or somebody else within the coaching team might have instilled within him? Or or do you think it was total ownership from Gareth Bell to say, I know what I need to do? No, and, it's, and it's yeah, there. he's he's very strong-minded. He knows, he makes his own decisions sort of thing. I think, listen, he liked... You know what Chris was was doing, um, and the way he was working, and you know that that togetherness that, that he was trying to install, and, and you know all the players bought into that. Gareth bought into that, um, but yeah, any, any decisions he made were like his own decisions. You know, he knows he's he's very strong minded. He knows what he's doing, and he, he calls the shots. Like yeah, with, with players that are that good, you know, like world class, top of the game. How do you work with them on a, on a coaching level then? Because obviously I'm not trying to say that they're better than, than we know as coaches or, or anything like that, but he is so good that how do you improve him? How do you make him better? Do you ever find that more challenging than working with other players? Um, it's, diffi- it's difficult for us to to make him better, especially at the, the sort of age he was at now. He's at probably his peak so we're unlikely to make him better, but what we we needed to give him a good structure yeah. from which to be his best, yeah. if you know what I mean. So again, we we like changed the playing style and formation, and ended up playing with Aaron, uh, Aaron Ramsey, and and Gareth as like two number tens, yeah. if you like behind Revokes or uh, Hal Robson Khan, whoever whoever was the front man. And those two playing as two tens, and and that was how how Chris felt that we'd get the best out of those two, and it you know it certainly seemed to work. And um, so, like I say, yeah, we you know the, the the amount of time you see players anyway for international football, um, you, it's difficult to you know you're not really going to improve individuals. You can give them information and give them a structure and tell them how you we want them to play. But to actually prove them as individuals, that's it's very difficult to do at, at international level. That would more come with their clubs and just naturally. I mean, people get more confident at international level yeah. by playing more games, without a doubt. But the sort of 
you know, massively improving individual in such, you know, you, you get them for a week at a time, you know, every every couple of months or whatever is, is quite difficult to do. Do you think it's more about just facilitating their ability, just allowing them to, to flourish, putting them in an environment where they're free to be the best they can be, rather than sort of saying, you're not doing this good enough, can you change your game this way, this is how we want you to do it, it's just allowing them to be the best they can be and putting them in that environment. Yeah, exactly, and that's that was a big part of what Chris did, he gave a lot of a lot of ownership to the players, mm. you know, he, he was the boss, and you know, there's no sort of doubt in that, um, he made the decisions, mm. but when it's on the pitch, he gave a lot of a lot of ownership to the players, mm. um, and you know, the, the top players, like you, you, you know, Aaron Ramsey, Gareth Bale, Joe Allen, they they thrived on that, and and they bounced off each other as well, and it was it was just brilliant to see and watch. But also, we went through some some really tough, difficult times leading up to that. You know, everyone sees now the the sort of latter stages of qualification for the Euros and then the actual tournament itself. Fantastic! It was was brilliant. I mean, the, the previous campaign we got smashed. 6-0, 6-1, whatever it was, away to Serbia. Mm. Um, even the first game of the, of the qualifying campaign, we're, we're, we're 1-0 down to Andorra and then drawing one all with, I don't know, 15 minutes to go or 10 minutes to go or mm. something. And if that had finished off a draw, basically the campaign would have been over yeah. in the first game. Um, we get a free kick. Gareth takes it, hits the wall. Yeah. Uh, Referee calls it back because a player encroached out the wall, takes it again, puts it in the top corner. We win 2-1. But if we had drawn that game, that I say it could have been over before it even started. It's special so. players that can do that, isn't it? That's right. Did you ever find, you know, like in training with Wales, you have those players like your Aaron Ramsey's, Gareth Bales, even like your Joe Allen's to an extent, where they look after the ball so well. Um, did you ever find that they might have been frustrated perhaps with, with the, the lesser standard players in training? Was there ever that an issue there that they would get frustrated with other players? No, not not really, because like I say, the the sort of like togetherness and the mentality and and be fair, the levels as well. The we we brought a few sort of young boys come into the squad mm. but they soon stepped up to the level. So the quality was really high. I mean listen Gareth is another level, you yeah. know, we, we all know that. But we had other good players as well. You know, it wasn't just, it's was far from just the Gareth Bale show. Don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong. He was he's obviously very important because he's such a good player. But, you know, the other boys, like Wayne Hennessy was playing out of his skin for us yeah. with Wales. Ashley Williams was a captain and proper, proper leader. Joe Allen was incredible. Joe Ledley was massive. Yeah. It's the way we played. Gunts and Neil Taylor were, were excellent. How Robson Carr scored one of the best goals in European history <laughs> in, against Belgium, exactly. So you had Howard and Voxy, you know, to lead the line for us. To you know, those they had to lead the line that one player to allow the two tens and Ramsey and Bale to do their best work type thing. So it was a real team effort. And then we had the you know that that was the main starting sort of lineup or whatever. But then. Uh, people like Dave Edwards and Andy King who'd been around for a few who were, who were fantastic for us James Chester at the back with us Ben Davis some really really good players you know so um, again it was just sort of one of those things lucky for us things came together at, at just about the right time but like I said we went through some really tough times 
to get there. Before that, to get there, yeah. But, but then it makes it even better when you do get that success then. So so when you played for Wales, um, at the same time as Ryan Giggs? Yeah, Giggs, yeah, obviously I'm a bit older than Ryan, but he was yeah. he was coming through here playing the same yeah. team, yeah. What was he like? So like to compare players too much but like was he sort of like the bail back then sort of or was yeah. it a bit different um, yeah very lot of similarities I mean he, you know he came in as a real sort of young kid mm. into the world I mean I, I came in a few years before as a young kid myself yeah. but then I was more established obviously by the time Ryan came in and you see he was special yeah, yeah special talent special player like he was yeah, brilliant how good was he Giggs yeah brilliant he's uh yeah, he he was probably the best player I played with. Really? Yeah. 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 Because I mean, it's 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 the it's a little bit different now the way the games play with these wingers now becoming inside forwards and playing in the front line. So I think their goal return and their assist return per game is kind of always recognised a little bit higher. So the likes yeah, of Bo yeah, Salah, yeah. Sadio Mane, they're pipping twenty odd goals a season, which is statistics that players like Ryan Giggs would never have got. But their role would have been a little bit different back then. So. I think the importance in their team is statistically hard to analyse. But when you speak to people that might have played with him or you hear people that, that work with Ryan Giggs, they all say he's, he was just world class. Yeah, no, he's brilliant. Yeah, And he, and he would have adapted, again, to, like you say, to to play in there. I mean, he's, he's only just retired, you know, yeah. if you're going to say. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah. But, but, yeah, he, he, would, he would be able to play uh, in any formation shape you wanted, really. And he, he played several different roles. He was a phenomenal talent. Yeah. So moving on a little bit from, from I was about Wales. to do, do Sorry, a really mate. good link from Wales. Actually, it's about, about to be some world class podcast. In to be honest, go on, mate. I'll, I'll let you be the world class. Love podcast this. Here we then. go. Johnny Williams. Yeah, oh, Wales, yeah. and then you had him at Sunderland. That was where which I was is exactly yeah. where, exactly where, where, where I was going. You in sync, these boys. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Love it. How you must be delighted seeing him at the moment. Actually, staying fit. Just uh, and that's football. the big thing for him because I've known I've known Johnny for years and years and. Looks such a nice boy. Yeah. He is one of the nicest boys in football. Literally, He's such a good lad, um, and such a great talent. But just had a stinker with injuries yeah. throughout his career, and it is just staying fit for a, a period of time. And he's he's a really. Like a really good player, but ne- had never had a consistent run. I think he's one of the only players I've ever seen to who seems to kind of be universally liked because he's been universally liked everywhere he goes. Firstly, and then obviously he went on the Sunderland documentary and he he opened himself up. He let yeah, himself yeah. be vulnerable. He like comes comes across so well. You look at yeah, for example, Jack Rodwell wouldn't talk to the cameras, would he, at the time? And Williams is there letting them come in on a sports therapy session and, you know, really like being vulnerable, which you wouldn't expect to see from a lot of footballers. So I think that's like massive for him. But how would you have like, I see a player like that, you know, obviously his confidence was completely shot. See a player like Lewis Graben, who basically left because he didn't like getting hauled off with 15 minutes. You can't really have a blanket approach with them too, right? Have you got a man manage them a little bit different or? Um, Yeah, Chris certainly dealt with, with both players differently. Obviously grabs are new from old from Palace as well yeah. when he was a he was a kid at Palace when I was there. Um yeah it was, listen it was a it was a really difficult time for everyone being at the club. Uh you know Grabs' loan had come to an end. There was a potential potential option for him to stay if he wanted to. But listen it it wasn't to be and you know he's he's going on now and doing doing very well at Forest so uh, he's he's a good player, and you know, good luck to him. But 
yeah, it was. It's, it's you do. You, you sort of want to try and be consistent, I think, with players, but everyone's an individual and you do yeah. treat players differently. Well, That's... They both joined on loan in the same season and you think Williams is there. He's had I'm desperate to pull the red and white shirt on, really sort of like buying into what the club is and everything about it is. You don't get that. Well, I mean, this is only from the documentary. I'm sure you're a better place to say, but it doesn't look like Graben's got that same sort of mentality. It's very much, which I suppose most strikers are, within their own self, within their own head. It's about Lewis Graben rather than Sunderland FC. So I don't know, I just thought it must be quite difficult to you know, have those even sort of same players in the squad and the team and like not giving them different treatment. Um, well, it is. Well, I mean, the big problem with it was was Johnny wasn't fit yeah. most of the time. I mean, the day I went up there, the, the day before sort of Chris signed the contracts and stuff, uh, I went up to watch the, the team played Millwall and Johnny did his shoulder um, discate his shoulder, which is a recurrent thing, yeah. and he was out for a, you know a few months with that. And Duncan, what more does his cruise shirts on the same day? So and I don't remember the game, but both keepers threw like yeah. absolutely. It was that, it was that crazy it. game, wasn't it? I remember that they both just let in two goals yeah. each, didn't they? Yeah, two yeah. horrific. It's two yeah, two, yeah, and like yeah, four goalkeeping yeah. errors sort of thing. Yeah. So. Are you sure this is the second highest division in English? <laughs> I know. Yes. Keepers chucking the ball. In I was on the phone to Chris after the game, like cancel your flight. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about yeah. going to Sunderland, then. So I'm sure prior to to taking the job, you were informed about this documentary. No. You were? No. <laughs> oh, my God. So you just turned up and there's just a big fuck-off film set and they're just like, yeah, by the way, you're going to be documenting your entire job here. No, well, so, so Martin Bain was a chief exec who was who did a brilliant job, in my opinion, at Sunderland and with under very, very difficult circumstances. I agree, he got a lot of stick for it. But and he got a lot of stick yeah, yeah, from certain quarters. But he was, he was he's yeah. a good guy, Martin. He's very, very good and, and very good at his job, I felt. Um Promises he was working with were difficult, weren't they? Really difficult, difficult. yeah. It's, it's an, very, very difficult indeed. But, but yeah, mm. we, we'd sort of like agreed the contracts, we're just about to sign them, and he was like, oh, yeah, one last thing, just better let you know. <laughs> and, then, and then he dropped in about the... Uh, about the Netflix stuff, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit late to go back there. Um, yeah, was, exactly, it, was it in exactly. the contract that you had to do like interviews? Or was it any part of it? Um, no, I don't think it was actually in the contract, but the club had agreed to. Well, basically, the owner, Ellis, yeah. the owner yeah. at the time, Ellis Short, um, had agreed to do it. I'm sure, and there so, was some financial reward for the club for uh, being I, I, I don't know. Again, I've no idea. We, yeah. we certainly didn't see any of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get any players out of it anyway. That's for sure. Um, yeah, so he'd agreed. He'd agreed to it, and that that was it. You know, once he'd agreed, everyone else had to agree. It wasn't yeah, wasn't yeah. non negotiable, not an option type thing. So, did you know what it was? So, when he sort of said, "By the way, there's this little Netflix documentary." Did were you aware of just how in depth it was going to go? And they were pretty no, much not at the training? time, not yeah. at the time. Um, but then, sort of quite early on, we saw some sort of cuts from it. Um, but then one of the one of the guys who was working for the company, we got sort of really friendly with, who's a real, real good lad, actually. Um, so he sort of clued us in on a lot of things. And they, listen, it was, I, I've still not seen it, to be honest, but I've seen little clips of it and, and people I speak to says it was, it was very well sort of put together. It was, yeah. And well, you know, done is a bit different from your normal sort of football documentary or whatever. So, listen, it was, if, if it showed, it was a brilliant football club having a horrific time yeah. but with some brilliant people working at the club 
and some great supporters. So, if it, listen, if it came out showing that, then it's, it's been a true reflection. Well, the narrative of it was was very good from the perspective of you and Chris Coleman. The way the, the documentary came across, everything was really positive towards you guys. And it was kind of a little bit as if you didn't really have a chance towards the end. It was sort of saying you took over the club in that position. You didn't get the players in that you would have needed to move the club forward. And they very much portrayed it in that sense. But there were some people that they didn't necessarily portray in the in the best light, such as Jack Robwell. Um and it I mean, was that's, really, that's his own fault, though, for not talking. Well, I, th- I think it was. I think it, well, I think it's a difficult situation because if you kind of strip it back and you peel the layers of it, and you go, if I'm a footballer who's not playing very well and hasn't played very well for a while, and I'm on sixty, seventy grand a week, whatever that contract was, and somebody says to me, tear it up and go and play for four or five grand a week or whatever it would be elsewhere, that's not very appealing. It's not. You, ha- you have to strip it back and take away the emotion yeah. from the situation. Who would do that? I don't think many people would. But I'm sure there was more to it than that. So, I mean, the, the documentary showed him not taking that deal. Martin Bain getting very upset with it. And then it also showed a little scene where it kind of was in the physio room and somebody said to Jack Robwell, you're playing this weekend. And he was just like, no chance. He was like, yeah, no chance. Now, when you kind of take that in different contexts, that might be no chance I'm injured. It might be no chance they won't play me. Or it might be no chance I can't be bothered. And it's it's an interesting one because we didn't because as you said he didn't give any interviews and they kind of apart from that little contract scene they didn't really go into the detail with him. So you know, luckily we have the assistant him? manager of Sunderland here yeah. at the time, so uh, he can tell Hopefully, us if he if he was uh, injuries or he could be bothered. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, we yeah. So that first I say the the, the first day I went up there was the Millwall game and then. Johnny got injured. Dunk got injured. I think a few other knocks from the game. So we go in to watch training the next morning. Jack's there. And like me and Chris are watching him. Obviously, he's, he's, he's a good size, good physique. Jack moves well. And we're like, we, we knew all the stories and all the history and stuff. But we're like, he's starting on Tuesday. He can play, yeah. He's starting can on He's a good player. He sees he's got a bit about him, a good player. He's starting on Tuesday. We got Aston Villa at Villa Park. Um, and it's, it's a light Sunday morning session. It's very light. With about five minutes to go, he, he walks off the training pitch holding his hamstring. And like, no one's got to much more than a jog during the whole session. So, And we never saw him again after that. He never played for the first team. Played, I think, two games for the reserves. What about time, training? Would you tell that? Physio room? He was just out injured for, for ages when we were there. And then we just never had... Uh, the, he was never available to play. Did you speak to the physios? Know? Yeah, were yeah, they he's... saying, "Listen, he can't play," but you know, he just doesn't seem. Well, the there right are certain. Yeah. Listen, it was a difficult, it was a difficult time, and we needed all the help we could get. Yeah. Basically, mm. especially um, from a player who, when he first came through, was as good as he was. You know, yeah. He, well, that's the thing. Obviously, he's you know, brilliant at Everton as a mm. kid. Um, didn't play that much at Man City. Had a lot of injuries. To be fair, was injured quite a bit at Man City, um, and then obviously had a, you know a, a terrible record, terrible time at Sunderland. When you're neck and neck but, with Burton Albion, yeah. you could do with someone like a you know a motivated Jack Robwell trying to get you out of that situation, can't you? And that's that's the thing. Listen, he, there's always there's two sides to every story. I yeah. mean, he'll have his side to it, Jack. Um, but we came in, we didn't care about you know what had gone on in the past or anything. 
we just wanted people to come and play for the club and try and help us keep. We we went in with a one aim to keep the club in the championship. Um, that was a real short term goal. That was it, and that, that's all that our focus was on. And we needed people who were with us to help us achieve that. Um, you know, and, and and Jack wasn't. He didn't help us in any way with that. Now he will say he had injuries, this and the other, but I don't know. We didn't. You felt you could have got more out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you say, like you needed all the help you can get, and there's so many players who play for injuries. And I'm not saying play through like serious injuries, but playing with no. I mean, yeah. You think back over the years, if you're 100 percent fit, is anyone ever 100? Yeah, exactly. Or you've always got something grumbling or not Mm. quite right, or you know, you You can just tell though, can't you? Like if a if you're a player and, and you're injured and you want to get back fit got to be a bit busy haven't you you talk to the manager you talk to the assistant you watch training you do things where it's like you show that you're really really waiting That's for that, the thing. Just that chance that to want, break back show in show that you want to play anything just know, in a physio's room just getting rub downs and then first one to leave you know last one in in the morning and things like that you know you're kind of you're not involved you've kind of got to do that little bit extra just to prove that you're ready to play or prove that you, you know you're working hard so that the second the physio gives you the green light you're good to go and I can imagine from from the way it's coming across is that you know he wasn't doing that; he was pretty much shying away from from training and, and things like that. I mean, like I say it was a difficult time for the whole football club, and everybody will have their own sort of story to tell. Yeah. From that time, all I can say is that we went in there, and we sort of almost not didn't care about other people's stories, but we we, we sort of willing to put every anything that happened previously aside, just to try and. Yeah, focus yeah. on staying up. We'd, we'd do whatever we needed to do to help the club stay up. Um, we felt we needed probably a couple in in January and we, we didn't get any money for any players at all. A um, couple of loans. Well, I mean, it was like Lee Camp, was last, wasn't it? And yeah, last, last ditch stuff. You missed, was, was it Chris Martin? You missed him yeah, on there. Chris Martin. You missed him on the last day. He said that he was, you know, he was ready to come and then over the weekend to think about it that's probably a red flag for you straight away. Yeah. I think you could, they could tell, couldn't they? Yeah, the way the documentary came across, as soon as that phone call said he needed to think about it, it was, well, if he doesn't, you know, there's enough pull to want to come and play for yeah. Sunderland if the, you know, if you're going to think if about it. If you want to play, you could have signed on the Friday yeah, and played on the Saturday yeah. if you wanted exactly. that much. I understand so, players yeah. have to think about it, but when you're not playing at your club and there's a loan move on the table, it's not like you're there forever. It's a six-month job. Your family don't need to move for that. There's a lot of, you know, it's, it's quite a simple decision, really. And if you're having hesitations at that point, it's alarm bells, isn't it? But again, everyone's, like I say, everyone's different. Everyone's got their own stuff going on, their own reasons for doing things and not doing things, whatever. So, no, it is what it is. And it's just, it was just a disappointing time because, like I say, it was such a good, or it is such a good football club. And there's so many good people associated with yeah, it that... Like you say, like it seemed like you and Chris like properly bought into it. I was reading earlier, like even after you guys left, you went and joined in like the charity bike ride that you'd agreed to do before that. We shouldn't have done that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, no, it's brilliant. It's fantastic. Yeah, and it was it was almost like because um, we'd agreed to do it before. Is it obviously for for Bradley? Um, but it ended up being sort of like a, it, was, it was like a leaving do for us as well, really, because yeah, yeah. a lot of the staff that worked at the football club were all there. And so it's nice to to get to see things. Quite often, you don't get to see people and say goodbye when you mm. when you leave a football club. So it was a really awkward picture of Chris and like one of the like, must be chief exec or something on Twitter. Like after you've been sad, just like looking really miserable and everything. It was great. So just before you sort of like left, 
if you had stayed, because you guys obviously did want to stay, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, Sunderland, like, yeah. I'm sure you'd have felt really confident that you'd have sent them straight back. Well, we'd sort of like we'd we'd been speaking to players already, like for League One. So we had sort of a couple of lists going for players we wanted to bring in for, you know, if we managed to stay up for the Championship, if we did go to League One, a separate list then for League One players that we felt could help us help get us out of League One. So we'd had. Um, you know, list drawn up and quite a few meetings with with agents and stuff like that. So uh, we were certainly planning for for staying on. Um, so there's no qualms uh, with that. Like Chris, you've just been to the semi final of the Euros like a year earlier. Did he even like not think oh League One like? No, well, listen, yeah. we weren't. We were obviously very very bitterly disappointed that uh, he couldn't sort of retain championship status for the football club, but. Yeah, no. One, you know, once we we knew it was a difficult job, and we knew there was a, a you know a, a very large percentage chance of of it not working out the way we wanted it to. But we we were fully committed and willing to stay on, and and you know wanted to then get the club back. Mm. It was a lot of draws, um, wasn't it? That which seemed to be we came in, you stopped losing. For a yeah, time, but yeah, just, exactly. Just and and obviously these you know three points through win makes a big difference and draws draws hurt you sort of thing so when you when you're trying to stay up and other people's form picked up a little bit as well so thinking about obviously Jack Robwell played well at Everton sorry um but another player that played in my opinion really well at Everton was Darren Gibson and obviously yeah. his time at Sunderland that season was was a bit strange wasn't it so he started on a really really weird note where he'd had that drunk night in a pub where he'd been filmed talking about his teammates aren't trying and this, that and the other and people in the pub are sort of saying to him yeah but you're out here on the piss mate what are you doing and he's sort of saying yeah but they don't want to play for the club and he, I, I could imagine how awkward that must have been for him going back in the changing room after that I mean I'm sure he's a very strong character and he comes across that way so I don't think many people might have raised it to him in a in a way in which could have caused conflict but it seemed as soon as you two took the job that he kind of you know he's got his legs back and he, he started playing and then he got injured didn't he yeah, it was, it was a real shame for, obviously, big blow for us in the football club, but a big blow for him as well, because yeah. he was like, he was really in good form, Gibbo. He was playing mm. very, very well for us and sort of properly sort of pulling the strings in that central midfield role, which you, you need someone in there doing yeah. that. So, yeah, it was such a shame. And then he basically ripped the tendon off his bone, which yeah. was like, so, you know, it's not just a, he didn't play again that season, a little did strain. But he, he uh, did the... He had a drink driving crash, didn't yeah. he? And then that kind of. But the weird thing about that is when when something like that happens, usually most people are kind of like, "Oh, it's a disgrace, isn't it?" It it didn't appear that that was the that, that was the case with him. It kind of appeared we, we've had to let him go, but we're really kind of sad about that. That was kind of the approach that that was kind of given across in the documentary, and I think it, it was quite clear how important Darren was Darren was for the club and, and how he was held in high regard. Yeah, he was he was he was a good lad as well, Gibbo. Yeah, he yeah. like he he did care, yeah. and he you know he he wanted things to be good stuff like that. But he, yeah, he's, he's, he's the injury really yeah. knocked him back, and and I always really liked him as a player yeah. at Everton. He just kept the ball moving all the time, just picking up the ball. I really liked him, so I thought you know having him in that team it could have made a big difference. But obviously, if he's unavailable for injury, then. There's nothing you can do, and if that adds to a list of Johnny Williams, yeah. um, Jack Robwell, and you know these big-profile players, it's very, very difficult to move them out and get in a an Ashley Fletcher on loan, who you know is a good young lad, but I'm sure he didn't 
have the kind of prolific goal scoring record at championship level that you were looking for to get you 10 right, exactly. 15 goals second half of the season that could pick the points up so that must have been very very difficult at, at that period of time to, to kind of turn the club around um do you ever feel like there there is something you could have done differently i mean if you look at for example lewis graben do you think although his attitude might not have been as, as stellar as a, a johnny williams do you think perhaps you know, if we'd have just forced to keep him, he might have got us that goal in that draw or, or anything like that. Um, no, I think I think Lewis, listen, Lewis. I knew Lewis. I say from old, from Palace days when he was yeah. in the academy at Palace and that, and just taking the reserves and stuff like that. So I've known him for a long time, and um, I've always got on really well with him, Grabs, mm. and he's he's a good player. He scores goals, but also he's once he makes his mind up, he wants to go, yeah. and he's going to go. So. Um, Listen, we needed we needed everything. It wasn't just goals, you know. It was we, we couldn't keep clean sheets either. It's like the, the the team was struggling, you know. The confidence was shot, but every now and then we'd show little signs and, and it would click and we'd do really like. I remember watching uh, Derby, 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 Derby and four 0 wasn't it? Four 0 four one, four one, smashed out, yeah. So Ashley we, Fetcher got his first goal and was and was suddenly like blimey, like you know. But there were, there were so many like moments and things we think this is it. This is a massive moment for us, and we'll be all right now. And it never couldn't quite get it going. Like the Fulham win, uh, Derby win, we were three 0 down at half time away at Bristol City, and you're thinking doomed. Turn it around, three all, and I think Flash Fletch hits the bar or something from three yards out. So we we could have ended up could have been five six down at half time. Yeah. We could have gone and won it second half, and you're like these. But but just getting a, a point from being three 0 down at, uh, at Ashton Gate, you think, oh, this is a turning point for us. If you can offer that half of football in another game, you've yeah. won. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's just one of those. Yeah, but that's where it was so so frustrating because, like I said, ultimately we ended up getting relegated, and there were a lot of poor results and performances mixed in with it as well. But but we had some some big moments, you know, like. First league went away at Burton and things like that, massive and like crowded. Away fans were fantastic, yeah. um, so good. But it was, it was tough playing at home. The whole experience was brilliant. Like I said, and, and it ended up not how we wanted it to. Obviously, the club got relegated, but don't regret taking it on. Mm. You know, and Chris is the same. You know, it was, it's a it's a fantastic football club. Mm. Um, and it was a big challenge. And some people, or a lot of people, say to us, it was a hiding to nothing. You're always going to get relegated. And we're like, yeah, we, we sort it of... It looked that way. We knew, and we knew that's how it looked. You know, we're not stupid. We're not blind. We, we can see it wasn't looking great. Um, but also we thought, there's a chance. You know, there is a chance we could keep them up. And, in, you know, like I say, that we had a few, what ended up to be sort of false dawns or whatever, but we had a few occasions where you're thinking this could be the this could be the turning point and we just wanted a little few breaks to go our way but like I say the things like Gibbo's injury when he's playing the best football he's played for years yeah, for yeah. us and loving it and, and at the centre of everything for us suddenly he gets injured things like that you know so things went against us and sometimes things are just not meant to be but yeah. don't regret it for a minute it was a brilliant football club and you know it's it's sort of honour to be part of it and yeah. you know that's, that, yeah, that's put behind us now 
if you'll uh, indulge us, Kit, for a little bit, going to change it up, if that's okay. all right. Absolutely. Um, got a quick quiz for oh, you that you have to answer immediately. Okay. They're, they're, they're opinion based. There's no like. There's no right or wrong answers. Right. Okay. It's on what your personal preference would be. But the <laughs> thing is, you can't think about it. You have right. to. I don't know these. Just so I'm, I'm looking forward to this as well. <laughs> anything, I don't know. Anything first one. First, first one's a very easy one. So I'm, well, as soon as you answer, I'm going to ask the next one. All right. There's only five, so it's not going to be too bad. So, getting ready? Good to go. Best player you've played against? Marco van Basten. Worst player you've played with? (laughs) (laughs) No thinking. (laughs) He's going to pick some some young player who's going to one game. He's going to kill him. (laughs) Oh, no, I can't. All right, fair enough. Favourite manager played under? Um, Jim Smith. If you could play under any manager in the world right now, who would it be? Ooh. Well, I'm an Arsenal fan. Emery? Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I <almost laughs> said that myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said it. <laughs> Last of all, before you retire, the one player in the world you'd like to manage that isn't Messi or Ronaldo? Um, Gareth Bale again. Gareth Bale again. Gareth Bale Jesus again. Christ. Is got... that is that you saying you want the Welsh job back? <laughs> <laughs> or the Madrid one? I'll, I'll leave that one open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kit Simon's called him the Wales job. Um, another quiz. It's going to be you versus Josh. Right. We've pulled up Championship Manager 0102 and pulled your stats. Oh God! And we've got five different stats. They're all out of twenty. So, I don't know who this is harder for because you don't have the championship <laughs> manager experience. But no. I don't know Kit well as a player. So. <laughs> it wasn't didn't pay that much attention, Kit. I know. I don't, I, I so know what season is this for me? 0102. 0102. 0102. So everything, all our abilities are marked out of 20. So the first one I've pulled up. Pace, do you do a minus one at all? <laughs> <laughs> they do, just for me. Pace, That's just yeah. for me. <laughs> Finishing. 0102 out of 20. 10? 3. 10 exactly. That was very harsh, Josh. Three. I scored 11 goals. Six here, I scored 11 goals say. in one season. Ten. Game's ten. gone. Game's gone. Technique. 10. I know strikers independent don't have 10 finishes. <laughs> Technique all. 7. I'm going to say. 9. 16. Obviously, Technique. someone rated you very highly, Kit. <laughs> 16. Like that body shape while you're going up for those free kicks. Ideal. You're marking. Oh, that's 20 then. No, no. <laughs> marking. Uh, well, we've got technique 16. I've got to be 16 for marking at least. I'm going to say 14. Your marking was 12. My technique's better than marking. I keep in score. I keep in score. Oh, yeah. So he got one dead on. Who was closer with the uh, technique? I said nine, didn't I? What did you say? Yeah, you said seven. Seven. So it's me. And then I'm winning two. How many more have we got? Two more. Two more. So you've got to win both of these. Okay, no problem. Creativity. Oh, only 20 can I yeah. 20, to, 20 to max mark you myself yeah. okay uh, 9 creativity yeah silky I'm going to go for 7 
Seven exactly. Yes. Oh. Yes. There we go. I will go for the last one then. The, the wooden spoon. Teamwork, guys. Through the roof, teamwork is like this. <laughs> 14. I was going to say that, but for the purpose of the game, I will say 15. 20. Twenty so out of twenty. I said through the roof. Didn't I? Yeah. There you go. See, I should have backed myself. <laughs> so, I should have backed so myself. Josh knows you more than you know yourself. Or, or yeah, I know right. the game. Or I know the game. <laughs> and then Josh very kindly asked his high Twitter followers for some questions, and we got oh. some. We got some responses. Oh. We got some actual oh. responses and some actual questions. Actual ones, real ones, actual from real ones. people. Real people, <laughs> not just ones that Josh has uh, created accounts for. And Thank you to my itself. twelve followers for, <laughs> for chipping in with this one. Cheers. So at Tom Diver, mm. is that how you pronounce it? Mm. Diver. Cool. Any players who went on further than expected, or vice versa, who should have progressed more? Um, what that I've yeah, that coached, coached or yeah. whatever. Um, Actually, there's a boy, boy at Fulham who had a young boy, uh, Lass Christensen, came through, played in the first team quite a bit, and brilliant, great lad, Lass, real great energy. Went back to Denmark, and I'm not sure quite how he's doing. I'm not checked up how he's really doing. Lately. Quite big things yeah, yeah, because I mean, when we scored, scored at the cottage against Sheffield Wednesday, we had a real counter attack goal, and he, he finished it off nicely. And was a good boy, lass, and I'm not. Yeah, not sure he's Danish under 21 at national, but I've not actually checked up on him how he's doing of late. So, lass Christensen. We'll get, we'll get the researcher on it now. Yeah, some research, Stephen. Come on. So you expected more for him? I thought he would have. I was expecting him to go on and do really well at Fulham and have a really strong career in the British game. Yeah. So Is there anyone where nice. you were like, oh, he's not going to? He's I've not signed him on FM before. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there anyone where you've been uh, like? Uh, no, he's is not going to make it, and he's gone on to do big things. Fifty-seven appearances from Bromley. That's big. So this this lad here, he was at Fulham from 2013 to 17 in the first team. Six goals in 54 appearances. Went to Burton Albion on loan in 2017. So he was part of that season, I guess, against yeah. Sunderland. And he's been playing for Bromby since 2017. Seven goals in 57 games. Yet to make a Danish. International appearance for the senior oh, team. Right. Good, yeah, good boy. He's still playing. Probably, you know, that's, that's a level to play at. For, uh, for anyone who's, I'm surprised, has gone and done well. No, not, not massively. Because anyone who's sort of worked with has gone on and, and made that to a decent attitude. And yeah, you can tell yeah, by that, yeah. So, no one is massively surprised there. At Jay Burke has asked if the Felix McGaff story of telling Freda Hangerland to use. Tr- Cheese to treat his injured thigh is true. <laughs> knee. knee, knee, knee. Cheese for knees. Cheese for knees. <clears throat> yeah, but it wasn't obviously. It wasn't you know Dairy League triangle or something. It was. It was quark. So it's <laughs> fully, fully understandable. Yeah. Wait, so can, can we have true. can we have the rundown of that story then, please? So. That's a true story. Yeah, bread bread ahead. Inflammation on the knee, which mm. normally stick a needle and aspirate it and take the fluid out. But um, <clears throat> he went to. See the manager who, who told him he needed to put some cheese on his knee. Don't you normally see the physio in them situations? Felix McGaff. Just like, like, old, old, school that is, old school. That is, Felix McGaff. He's, he's got the answer. Did he? Did he? So he's, he told so him which type of cheese. Breda, which type of cheese? It had to be quark. So the physio had to, had to go quark. out and find quark. Luckily, there's a. So Waitrose he's gone to the, he's gone to Waitrose and area. got quark for him. They've actually the done it. Hey, Angler yeah. turned around and gone. Like, no, Breda, Breda did it. So he's put gone cheese home. on his knee. I think. I think. I'm not entirely sure of this, but I think he had to wrap it up in 
so brown he didn't paper it. and he sleep didn't... sleep with the cheese on his knee. So there he was actually... no, no rubbing of the cheese. It just just got I wrapped don't, around I don't, like I said, I just, I wasn't party to the, the exact... <laughs> I'll put 20 quid on, he came in the next day and his knee wasn't better. Was... He played the game, <laughs> he played the game and went off with concussion, it. if I remember rightly. <laughs> I'm not sure what relevance yeah, that is, but yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know, yeah. But, yeah, so that is true, that's true. So after your time at Sunderland, you went off to China. How did that come about? It's a little bit out of the blue, to be honest. Um, just finished at Sunderland, and I was still living up in, in a flat in Tynemouth. Um, got a phone call from Chris to say he was speaking to a Chinese club. Um, that I think that was on a Sunday. <clears throat> and then later on that night, he phoned again and said, listen, it's all sorted out. Do you fancy it? Do you want to come? I was like, yeah. He said, right, okay. And then by the Friday, I was over in Beijing. So it all came about sort of really quickly. Uh, it was all very rushed. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a great experience, something we really enjoyed. Is that where the club is, Beijing? Well, it's, it's Hebei is the province of the, of the club we played for. But they were um, Pellegrini was the manager prior to us, okay. prior to Chris taking over. Um, and he moved the training base the, the training center into beijing so we trained and hence we lived in beijing um but then for our home games we'd, we'd travel out to hebei which was it's only about an hour and a half coach journey outside beijing was that part of a ploy maybe to attract foreign players i think i think that was his reasons for doing it yeah yeah, yeah. Makes sense. yeah um yeah. again and it was it listen, for us it was easy to integrate living in beijing uh, it's a great place to be, um, and and like I say a really good experience. The training training base was was decent that we had, um, so in that respect, it all worked pretty well. So, moving out to China, I'm gonna guess there was a lot of Chinese players in the squad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all it's all Chinese players. Apart from you, you're allowed four uh, four foreign players within your yeah. squads and three. In your match day squad, I mean that's the rules change all the time over there, and I think they change it this year. So you can have four foreign players in your match day squad now, but only three on the pitch at any one time. Okay. I think, but I'm so, not sure. <laughs> Again, it's probably good, changed. It's, next good, week. it's good that you sound so sure of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not sure. They change. Like I say, it changes every other week. So, so you and Chris went over there speaking English, and how did that transpire when you're trying to coach players? Then, so, um, I mean, football is pretty universal and you can get your point across most of the time by sort of shouting in a certain tone and waving <laughs> your arms around you know there's a bit of that going on but we had we had um translator who was yeah. fantastic guy called t who was, who was absolutely brilliant um and so he would obviously chris would speak and then this guy would translate i mean the, the biggest off-putting thing there was chris would speak the guy would translate but then you'd hear other talking sort of in the back of the room or on the pitch and you're like looking around and it was the, the other translators for the foreign players <laughs> then having to translate into their language as well so so yeah Chris telling a Mandarin translator to tell the Chinese players that then the Chinese translator would tell the Argentinian players exactly what Chris told the uh, Chinese exactly so we had like we had we had a Spanish speaking translator boy called Diego who's like yeah. translating them for Mascherano Levetsi yeah. and then we had uh 
French speaking translator. Is, is, so it's so quite is, literally the biggest game of Chinese whispers you've ever experienced. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Masha Rano not have that great English. No, Masha, Masha didn't need it, yeah. yeah. To be yeah. fair, oh, he okay. was. He, I was going to say, was it Coleman's he, accent? And he was saying, oh, it's his Swansea accent, yeah, yeah. It's his Jack accent. Um, but no, Masha, Masha was, was, was fantastic for us, and he's, yeah, he'd obviously been at West Ham and Liverpool and stuff, so he's. His, uh, his English was excellent, so he, he didn't need a translator, but um, he still had one. Yeah. How did that sort <laughs> of like, translate like when Chris Coleman was like, really unhappy with the team? Yeah, it was... Uh, again, hair dryer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Mandarin hair dryer. Yeah, Mandarin hair dryer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, no, it worked, it worked well, actually. And, like You know, the players, I think, could tell when he wasn't happy. You know, mm. he, he doesn't exactly hide it, Chris. He sort of wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, but then the translator T would actually then translate it afterwards and he'd show the same characteristics <laughs> and it was like it was hilarious honestly it was brilliant but he was he was very very good and he would he would get the point across you know because if you if you say if Chris is angry yeah. and then he says it in like a soft voice afterwards it loses <laughs> a bit of impact I find funny loses a bit he, of impact he has to copy him yeah. yeah, but he can't like have somebody going, and you're not doing this, you're not doing that, and then get somebody in and be like, yeah, so he says you're not doing this. <laughs> he <laughs> exactly. has to do the same so that, thing. So that's where he? he was good. I mean, like I say, this boy, the, the translator we had was very good. He'd, he'd previously done a, a football scholarship in the, skate, so in the he, States. He had that bit of knowledge then. So yeah. he got football. He, he understood football. Because yeah. some of the translators, there were a few other translators there who, were, who had no football backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and they struggled a little bit, but... Yeah. He was excellent. Diego, the other boy, the, the Spanish boy for Masha and uh, Levetsi, uh also got football. So he, he was very good. And it's, you know, you think it's an obvious thing, but if, if you just get a translator, and he's very good at translating from English to Chinese, but doesn't actually understand football, there it's are so elegant, many, yeah, yeah. so many things, especially with us, that we were, you know, you, you just come out with like, you're trying to say something, you talk about the back stick. You know, buzzwords, isn't it? Hang, hang, it is. hang it up, back stick, yeah. and like we think nothing of it. Yeah, yeah. And then translators looking at us completely blank, like <laughs> what language are you speaking? <laughs> you know, and you, and you think they get it, but people don't. Football is almost its own language, so yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, need your translator who gets English into Chinese, but also knows football. They know exactly how to translate what you're talking Abs- about. Exactly, whether there's buzzwords, football terms, and I can imagine that can be quite difficult because. So when you're doing your training sessions. Is this translator literally stood next to Chris Coleman? Yeah. So yeah. Chris will be like, so when he receives it this way, and you, you, this is exactly how he's, he's literally just telling the guy to tell the team, sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, that's obviously a lot of it comes in the explaining the session beforehand. So that's that's the key time. Once the session's going on, then we're shouting things out, and then so the translator's then shouting out. Yeah. As well with us, but the the key to it is is explaining the session properly in the first place. Because if if people get it to start with, you've got a chance. Yeah. And I've got to say, the Chinese boys, our our group of Chinese players, anyway, we had and, and the whole group collectively were were very very good. And we we brought in a lot of our own ideas, which were new ideas to them and very different from what they'd done before. But um, yeah, the the buy in was brilliant. I've got to say, and they were they were really really good and. We were told going in that it was quite a difficult changing room, but um, we we really enjoyed it and got on very well, especially, like I say, with a lot of these Chinese players who 
were supposedly sort of quite big personalities, big characters, and could be difficult. We were told previously, but they were they were great with us, and and we really enjoyed it. I Did suppose you, after sorry, Sunderland, not too many changing rooms scare you, right? Mm. No, well that's 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 the thing, and they don't anyway. You know, yeah. changing it's, it's a group of lads. Now you, yeah, you you can get you get really good change rooms like our Welsh change room when things mm. come together, and it's it's fantastic. But even the difficult ones, generally there's a reason why there's problems there or it's difficult at the time. And, you know, if you try and address them and, and, you know, you can improve things, certainly. Whether it's enough to, like the Sunderland one, to to keep the club up or not is another matter altogether. But you can certainly improve things. And the boys at Sunderland, we, you know, we work very hard in training and they give it everything they've got. It was just, I think, you know, certainly certain things transpired against us. Yeah, there were certain factors that, couldn't really prevent at that point, were they? Did you inherit Levetsi and Mascarano, or did you sign them? No, they were both they were both there when we turned up. Um, uh, as was Javino at the time, he oh, was wow. he was yeah. there as well when we first turned up. He left before the season started. We we, we had a few weeks pre-season with him. Um, How good was Javino? Because he's got a bit of a weird reputation over in England. You know, he's kind of a lot of people think that. He is a lot better than he's shown, but he also shown some really Let's be honest, terrible. He, he got a lot of stick. He got yeah, a lot of stick. he got a lot of stick. Well, <laughs> in China, when we first went in there, we we looked at his record, and there weren't enough goals, weren't enough assists. But you you looked at him in training and a couple of pre-season games. There's something there, you know. He's mm. quick. He's my yeah. he's, he's he runs at people. But he just wasn't. He hadn't been doing it. We looked at his like say his, his record previously, and we're like. We've got to change something. We took over. The team was struggling when we took over. I think it's eleventh or twelfth position, um, sort of halfway through the season. So we needed to improve things. Um, and so he he went. I mean, he then went to Italy and and did pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> scored. I remember was I saw it? a wonder goal he scored for over oh, there. Yeah. Like you know, is it your choice to get rid of him? Um, I think it was like a collective thing. I think. Was he yeah, happy the to club. Go, did he? I think he was a little bit surprised, maybe, but I think the, the club wanted him to go. Yeah. Um, Chris wanted to make a change and, and bring someone else in as well. And but then we struggled a little bit in the transfer market. It ended up bringing a boy called Cabby, a Moroccan striker, who, who struggled a little bit. We, we meant to be trying to get a couple of other strikers, and they both fell through. And we got Cabby like last minute. Um, it didn't really work out particularly well. Um, so with hindsight, might have been better keeping Jerva in with us, but you know it's one of those things. Did you get like promised big signings going over? Uh, yeah, we did, we did. But again, that's I think normal in football mm. when Sometimes you first go to a control, club, isn't it? You know they want to sign the players, but if yeah. the players turn around and say I don't fancy it. Well, I mean, also I, I mean I don't know. You, there, there were things going, things going on at all football clubs behind the scenes, and certainly in China. We were owned by a huge property company, property firm, um, and I think some of the, the government legislation linked into the property markets had changed, so they felt the pinch a little bit. Mm-hmm. The the big company, um, and so that there's a knock on effect, and that affects then the football club that they own as well. So, so there was I think there were reasons for it, and maybe the timing of, of that worked against us. But you know we we were promised good money for, yeah. for big signings and 
didn't quite transpire, unfortunately. But like I say that's that's nothing unusual and uh, not not the biggest shock in football, uh, albeit in China or anywhere else in the world. It must be difficult to get players to China, mustn't it? I mean, there's there's certain things that I'm, I'm sure I'm sure can it's carry them across. No, not it's not really. I mean, there's 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 a lot of top top players there now. Obviously, listen, they play pay well for the players. Yeah. Um, but also, it's it's one of them. It's not one where you just go for a payday and sort of like you know that's a, the an easy ozy yeah. one. That the, the, they demand like the Chinese, the the, the clubs that, that you're at, and the, the public in general, everyone there will demand they get their money's worth, and you put in a proper shift. So players have gone previously. Tevez went there and and like didn't last very long. He didn't do got, anything, did he? No, didn't I mean this is, he ended up getting a few quid, but sort of getting getting chucked out of town sort of thing yeah, so yeah. they won't tolerate that you know yeah. but if you go in like, I mean, we had like Mascherano who was incredible really um, for mentality desire doing everything right he was phenomenal absolutely fantastic I think you find that with top players don't you they can't get rid of those habits generally it's it, so, it, exactly yeah. so even like you know a Tuesday morning in training doing the warm up he's, he's at the front he's yeah. driving it and he yeah. that's the only way he knows how to do and he will be to the day he retires. You know, he's, he'll be at the front in, in warm-ups, doing the training, doing everything. He, he'll do it right because that's in him and that's what's got him to where he is and that's what's given him the, the like, phenomenal career that he's had. Now you're back. Any idea what's next? No, not really. No? Not really, no. Just... Um, Hence why you've been able to come on to a podcast. Exactly, exactly. This is what's next. Yeah, it's yeah, going to come on every week. Yeah. This is it, yeah. yeah. So we just make this a three-person <laughs> podcast or so just whack another chair on so the on, end we'll, for the we'll next We'll leave a name after you, the Kit Simons <laughs> podcast. There we go. <laughs> so, no, not sure, really. So, um, sort of open, keeping op- options open, really, and just, just yeah, seeing what comes about. Um, Preference between working with Chris again? or No, ideally, ideally there's, there's myself and Chris, um, Adam Owen, the fitness coach, and Tony Roberts was a goalkeeping coach. Ideally, what we're looking for is if all four of us go in together yeah. at a club somewhere. Um, we work really. We've known each other a long time. We know inside out how each other works. Uh, get on really well, and we've got like a, a a way of working that that we're convinced works. You know, yeah. we really like it. We're always looking to improve it. Um, as you guys are with the games type yeah. thing, you know, it's that's you can't rest on your laurels. Always looking to improve what you do, but sort of you got a confidence in the way you work you know as well so um, that, that's the ideal we'd like to do that um, more than happy to go abroad again you know I enjoyed the, the experience in China Chris has worked in Spain he's worked in Greece um, obviously we've all done the international thing so yeah we'd probably probably look to go abroad again initially but you know might end up back home domestically but we'll wait and see mm-hmm. so uh, so go, just lastly I think you know, are there any other stories you'd, you'd be interested in, in sharing about your playing career? I don't know whether any people you might have met, perhaps a Wales manager or, or someone that <laughs> you might have some funny <laughs> stories <Wales> about. Manager. <laughs> I'll finish. I'll tell you the one quick Bobby Gould story. So, yeah. uh, we were, uh, Gary Speed was, was the captain. Okay, Speed, yeah. Speed was the captain. We were having a bad time, not, not on a good run at all. Mm. Goldie's manager. We're training at Usk Open Prison. <laughs> well, again, which is a story in itself, yeah. So, the, so the Welsh team was training at Usk Open Prison. So we're uh, we actually had a game against the inmates once as well. But so that's, uh, that's another story. So we're, we're 
running around the, the outside of the pitch doing a warm up. Yeah. And uh, Bobby goes around. He's in the middle and he calls in Gary Speed. Uh, calls in Mark Hughes, sorry. Sparky, Sparky calls him, calls him over the middle of the pitch. So we sort of, we get an inkling, mm. we, we sort of guess what's happening. So um, he calls Sparky in the middle and uh, Mark, going to make you captain of Wales on Wednesday night. Mm. Sparky's like, oh, all right, have you, have you told Gary, Bob? No, better tell him now, better tell him now. <laughs> so as this is all happening, we're sort of talking around, we're like, we know what's happening. Mm. We're like, Speed, you can't, you can't have this. Mm. Speed's like, I'm not, I'm not having it, I'm not mm. having it. So, uh, Gary, Gary, come in the middle. Yeah. I'm Gary Cocker, you're not having a good time. Speed is like, uh, I'm going to make Mark, going to make Mark captain mm. on Wednesday night. Speed is like, no, you're not. So being captain of Wales is the greatest honour I can have. And you're not taking it off me. Bobby's like, I love that, Gary. I love that. Uh, Mark, come back, Mark, come back. <laughs> so, Sparky was captain about 15 seconds. <laughs> he just looked at it, he just oh, gone, I can't do this. I can't do it. <laughs> Did he ever rush in now? Ever no. know why he tried to do that? Was it, no was it to wind up Gary's speed? Was it no, to... I think things weren't going well. We were we, yeah. we were having a bad time on a poor run and he... he going to change some of it but then I think you just saw that saw that passion at speed you know and it was yes and being captain yeah. of your country is a huge thing and yeah, yeah. I don't think Bobby quite appreciated that you know Gary think, wasn't going to let him take it away I don't think was it all do six foot of two Gary speed like standing <laughs> over him and going I ain't going down I'm wearing the armband and I'm running on the pitch there's nothing you can do and that's uh quite a natural end yeah we'll yeah. wrap it up yeah we'll wrap it up Kit, thanks for joining us mate pleasure boys my pleasure thank you very much appreciate good stuff it a lot. all good no worries thank you cheers